0: we become fixated on documenting our meals and weighing our food and weighing ourselves and pinching our fat and measuring our fat and all the time and energy that goes into that from an unhealthy place distracts us from our bigger goals in our lives and so i like to say you know hey let's focus
1: on wage gap and not thigh gap ladies We're talking all things personal development, including health, fitness, confidence, relationships, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. You're listening to episode number 54 of the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. What do you constantly crave more of every single day? I'm super curious because whether it's more confidence, more clarity, more connection, more self-love, more influence, more opportunities, no matter what you're craving every day, today's guest lives by the philosophy, if you crave it, then you can create it. And that just feels like magic to me. That gets me so excited and per usual we are getting raw and real today. I sat down with the incredible Susan Hyatt who if you don't know her she's a master certified life coach who has helped literal thousands of women transform their bodies and lives. She is the creator of The Bear Process, The Bear Deck, The Bear Podcast, an online community called Bear Daily and now a new book named you guessed it bear. (laughs) Susan is obviously super passionate about what she does. She is on a mission and she is all about helping women upgrade their lives and self-love by treating their bodies with respect and appreciation. She is known for dishing truth with a side of sass. I love it. And has gained an international following of women who love her honesty, her humor, and her fearlessness. Not only has she worked with thousands of women, like I said, but she also has been featured in Cosmopolitan Women's World 17 and Oprah Magazine and she was a finalist for the Athena Award which means she was honored for her work in the field of women's empowerment like how amazing is that and we get to hear from her today you're gonna love Susan's energy and confidence boosting insights about lifestyle upgrades choosing and practicing self-love ditching dieting owning your power and how you can have multiple cakes and eat them too like how great does that sound I think we all want that. But before we dig in to the good stuff, let's quickly do the review of the week. This one comes from Amanda Ann C and she said, five stars. My name is Amanda Curry and I've been following Marie for about a year, really trying to absorb all the wisdom that she has. I found her podcast and it's become my self-care routine. I love that. I listen to at least three episodes a day. That's amazing. I get to hang out with you for like three hours a day and I just love everything she talks about with her people on there my mind is being fed all the good stuff and I'm so thankful that I get to listen to her and benefit from all the things that are are addressed on this amazing podcast Amanda my heart is like glowing you know do any of you guys watch Jane the Virgin because she talks about like when she met Michael her heart started glowing and like that's how I feel every time I read your guys' reviews um please tell me you you watch Jane the Virgin there's a new season out and I'm loving it but anyway Amanda thank you to the Moon and back for your kind words. I'm so happy to hear that the messages from my guests and I are shifting your self love and are a part of your daily routine now. That is so, so cool to me and never gets old. But as a thank you for your review, I would love to send you a limited edition Grind and Be Grateful t shirt. So if you are listening, Amanda, please DM me on Instagram and tell me your size and address so that I can get that sent out to you. My Instagram username is Marie E. Wold. And if you're listening right now and you're not Amanda, you you can get a chance to be the review of the week and receive your very own limited edition not sold in stores or on the internet anywhere (laughs) grind and be grateful t-shirt by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes or the podcast app on your iPhone it really truly only takes a minute but means the entire world to my team and I we super super appreciate that and that is actually aside from sharing the episodes on your Instagram story which is major leaving us a rating and review on iTunes is one of the biggest ways you can help us grow and help us reach new people. So if this podcast has been valuable to you, leaving us a rating interview helps other women get a hold of it and get the same value that you have been getting. Um, And it truly only takes a minute. So I would so appreciate if you could do that for us. It means the world to us. And without further ado, let's get into the rest of the episode. But first sorry false start this episode is in partnership with my favorite favorite skincare company you already know Tula and Tula could not be more on point for today's topic because my skincare routine is such an important part of my self-love routine like taking those intentional moments with myself at the beginning and end of my day are non-negotiables like they keep me sane you know and of course Tula products are incredibly effective my skin has never been better you guys plus plus Plus, they are clean, cruelty-free, and infused with skin-nourishing probiotics. Like, what more could you want? That's everything I could want and more. And you guys know I rave about them all the time. And you can always get 20% off your entire order at Tula.com with code Marie. They also have an incredible skin quiz. But again, that's Tula, T-U-L-A.com. And you can save 20% by entering code Marie at checkout. Hey, Susan, thank you so, so much for being on the Grind to Be Grateful podcast today. Hey, Marie, I am so delighted to be here. Thank
0: you. Thank you. It is a pleasure.
1: Yeah, I'm super pumped to hear everything that you have to share with us today. I know that you just came out with your new book, Bear, and I'm super excited to just get that message out to my people. But before we dive in, can you share a quick golden nugget with us? I know that this is like a multifaceted topic that we're going to deep dive into, but if you could sum it up into one or two sentences, how can women stop obsessing about their bodies and start living their best lives? All right. So golden nugget number one is you don't need more
0: willpower. You need more pleasure in your life. Mm. So let's abandon the diet culture mantra, no pain, no game. Yeah. And let's start becoming women who are devoted to our own pleasure. That's number one. And number two, the question, what feels like love should be the guiding litmus test for
1: anything that has to do with your body. Okay. Yeah. I love that. I always tell people like always move and feed your body and think through a lens of self-love. So I can already tell this is going to be so amazing. And (laughs) I'm really excited to just kind of unpack both of those things because I know that they're so multi-layered and have so much that we can do with each of them. So first, can you just tell us a little bit about the road that you've taken to become the Badass Woman Entrepreneur author master life coach all of the things that you are today yeah so i am about to
0: celebrate my 12 year anniversary as a coach i can't believe it because it It feels like forever ago, but it also feels like yesterday when I made the decision. And so prior to becoming a coach, so let's say 12 and a half years ago, I was a woman who was a couch potato, um, a junk food junkie. I was the opposite of what I am today in terms of how I thought about caring for myself, especially around food and body. So if you had told me 12 and a half years ago that I would be on your podcast <laughs> talking to women about how to take care of their bodies, I would have called you a liar. Yeah. Um, you know, I was, I was a burnt out workaholic real estate agent with two little kids. My kids are now 18 and 20. So they were six and eight at the time I started this company. Um, and I was just, I was doing all the things like, probably a lot of your listeners, you know, I had checked all the boxes. I, you know, did everything I thought I was supposed to do to have a successful life. And while I was in a career where I was making a lot of money and I was married and I had these couple kids in this great house, I felt empty inside. And then I felt really guilty about not being more grateful for the beautiful life that I, it looked on the outside. Mm hmm. And so what I was doing, though, was I was using food and alcohol as a way to numb out from, you know, being disappointed and bored in my career and, um, you know, working all day and then picking these kids up from school and coming home. And I I was like creating a happy hour in my mouth um, (laughs) to cope with being bored with all of that. And um, when I really started to to dive in and figure out what was going on with me. Um I still had some sexual trauma to heal. I'm a rape survivor. Um I really had to come to grips with just honoring what it was I really wanted in my life and it wasn't what I currently had. And mm. so I went on this journey of figuring that out and in the process um I of course went to therapy for a lot of the emotional trauma, but I also started consuming a lot of self-help and um, and started making changes in my life and started feeling better and part of that process was figuring out what was going on with me i was i was between 35 and 40 pounds heavier than i am today and figuring out what why i was using food in that way and through that process i started turning more towards myself, towards my body, taking exceptional care of myself and decided, okay, if this couch potato, if this junk food junkie can become a woman who gets up at four forty five in the morning to go for a run from a place of love, not from a place of punishment, then I really want to help other women do the same. What ended up happening was I started to uncover as I coached now thousands of women that I could help a woman lose weight, but my special sauce or my lane was really helping a woman love the skin that she was in.
1: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Because like, and I know, you know, from knowing what I know about you is that you can have washboard abs that I love your post about like, Hey, these abs didn't equal happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so it's much deeper than that. And so I developed, I started to pay attention to, what was it that was working with clients that was helping them with the self-love piece? And then I created the bear process as a result of years of coaching
1: hmm. Yeah, I the first thing I really want to dive into, because I know that your style of coaching is kind of like revolutionary compared to what we see out there about weight loss and, you know, achieving your dream body and all that stuff. But the the first nugget that you shared about willpower, I want to unpack that one first, because I think that that is such a misunderstood thing like oh I just need to have more willpower I just need to be more disciplined but you said the key is actually pleasure so can you explain what you mean by that absolutely so um
0: when I work with women and, and start talking to them, typically what most of us, me included prior to this, would say is like, well, I just need to do better. I just mm-hmm. need to try harder. I just need more willpower. If I could just stick with this plan, I could finally have JLo's booty or whatever it might be. And yeah. so for you, it was having those abs. Mm-hmm. And, um, and the thing of it is, is most of us have plenty of willpower. I mean, we're we're doing all kinds of things that require enormous amounts of willpower. It's not a lack of willpower. Right. It's really what I notice with women is, is putting their needs and their pleasure on the back burner most of the time. We're trained to do that for everybody else, for spouse or partner, for these kids, for um, our work, our community. And I turn it on its head and say, guess what? If you become a woman devoted to your own pleasure, and we can talk about what that means, because people instantly think I'm talking about sex, which, hello, that's one form of pleasure, but not the only form. Right. Um, When you become a woman who's devoted to her own pleasure, all of a sudden you don't need
1: any more willpower. You have motivation that comes from a much deeper place. Mm, hmm. Yeah, I think tapping into deeper motivation is like always one of the first things I try to establish with my clients because saying, oh, I want to look good for summer. Like I want to look good in a swimsuit or whatever. Like that does not last. You know, as soon as you're faced with like, you know, pizza versus a salad, like that's not going to be enough anymore. And it's not that you can never have pizza, but you know what I mean? Um, and that like, you're right. We have willpower. We use willpower to, you know, get up with our alarm. We use willpower to go to work. We use willpower to like, you know, not (laughs) blow up at our boss and they have an unrealistic expectation or like all these things. We use willpower all day long. So it's not that we don't have willpower. It's that, you know, we need something else. So when you say pleasure, what are some examples of like what that can look like in someone's life?
0: Right. So I always say become a woman who's devoted to your own pleasure, but let's diversify your pleasure because usually the next response is, well, I get a lot of pleasure from a dozen donuts. Mm -hmm. So and it's like, yeah, pleasure from food is one form of pleasure. And I actually think your food should be pleasurable, but that's, you know, I was someone who was getting 90, 95% of my entertainment and joy and pleasure from food. And that was part of the problem. Yeah. And so in diversifying pleasure, there are different categories where you could ask yourself, what are you really craving? It could be comfort. You know, so what can you do uh, for comfort for me? I mean, this sounds so lame, but honestly, I get so much pleasure from wrapping up in a blanket and watching my favorite show mm-hmm. or spending time with my kids or petting my animals like there's so many forms of comfort that can happen that don't involve food. Or maybe you're like me where when I was bringing these kids home and doing after school homework, these like pre-K worksheets, I wanted to stab my eyeballs out. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> yeah. like this is not fun. And I would. I needed intellectual stimulation. So that can be a form of pleasure, like watching TED Talks or going to museums or reading a book or something like that. Or it could be, yeah, you need intimacy and physical touch. Or it could be, you know, I need more beauty in my life or straight up Fun, But mm-hmm. coming up with a pleasure plan, I mean, it's actually scientifically based. It's called the pleasure principle that our bodies are wired for pleasure. So if you give the body what it's wired to experience, then all of a sudden metabolism is leveled out, hormones leveled out, cortisol drops, um, feel good hormones are flooded through the body. So it's not just a life coachy woo woo thing to say, uh, you know, treat yourself. It's more, it's more like, listen, there's no downside to this. You get to treat yourself and what's happening inside the body is going to help you reach your quote unquote goal better than
1: beating yourself then anyway. Mm. I think that, so my first assumption was like that, seeking to diversify your pleasure would basically just make you less likely to like emotionally eat and things like that so it's Mm -hmm. so interesting to hear that it also balances your hormones obviously Mm -hmm. releases like feel good um like neurotransmitters and stuff like that so i think it's so interesting that there's like a full body impact of seeking pleasure
0: Yeah. And what you, what you assumed is actually correct. You know, when I started getting my joy and my entertainment from places other than food, then all of a sudden, you know, French fries weren't as appealing. Now let's not kid ourselves. I love me some French fries, but (laughs) you know, like I always, I always think about like, if Oprah walked in the room, your French fries would get cold. Right. So let's, let's really think about why we're putting, So much we're giving food a job that it doesn't deserve.
1: Mm, Yeah. Like we're putting it on a way higher pedestal than it should be on. And like that's one actually piece of advice I always give to people around like the holidays and stuff because – Women are often so stressed about food during that time. I'm like, yo, there's so much other amazing stuff going on in the holidays. Like all of your family is there. All of your favorite people are together. Like y- there's like fires and everything's really cozy. And like focus on that stuff more than the food, you know, like we have our priorities and how we perceive food on the pleasure meter, like a little out of whack. Oh, my God. I'm telling you, I was the worst offender of this.
0: Like when we would plan a vacation, you know, it was always all about the food. Now, Mm -hmm. listen, I love and when I talk about food, I do talk about power, food and pleasure food, not good and bad or yes or no foods. And I am. don't misunderstand me. Like, I think that you should enjoy food and your food should be delicious. For sure. Um, And like, if you go on vacation, it is fun to say like, okay, what's an amazing place that we could experience that's different from home? But everything about what we were doing on the weekend or what we were doing on vacation, everything revolved around what we were eating instead of making memories around other things. And it's just amazing how how rampant that runs in our culture. and, and there's, no, there's, no, um, there's no wonder why. I mean, food is readily available. Um, and we live in kind of a super seismic culture. And I happen to live in a city that was ranked the fattest city in America mm-hmm. um, multiple years in a row. Um, and, it's, and it's just such a sore substitute for real
1: joy and pleasure. And connection too. Yeah. Right. Connection. Right. Yeah. So I think that I want to dive deeper into this. Like you've helped hundreds of women lose thousands of pounds, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, you say that your work really isn't about weight loss and that's kind of like a a byproduct. Mm -hmm. And you also say that dieting just straight up doesn't work. So in addition to seeking pleasure, like what is it that does spark and sustain the weight loss?
0: Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because I do talk about like, I'm much more, I I say like, instead of focusing on shrinking your ass, let's focus on expanding your life (laughs) because Mm, because, right? Like, so, so, and and people want to argue with me when I say diets don't work. Listen, they may work temporarily and, and quote unquote, work is debatable. So did you shrink your body for a temporary amount of time? Yes. Yes. Um, was that sustainable? No. And so this is really about finding a way to love and care and be in the skin that you're in, in this glorious God pod, and keep it active in a sustainable way. So, mm-hmm. You know the things that make a difference. Um, I think in a woman's life is movement. One of the things, and so I think we're built to move. I think that the form of movement that feels like love is different for everybody. Some people really prefer like yoga or tai chi, and other people want a canoe and rock climb. And I'm personally a runner, and I'm obsessed with my Peloton spin bike. Mm-hmm. Um, obsessed, but you know, some people just want to dance in their living room. But I think deciding that you're going to drop the transactional relationship with movement is what can help you become a woman who moves her body consistently. And by, you know, by that, I mean, I, I'm, I was famous for starting and stopping workout plans because I expected my body to deliver on a result that wasn't reasonable or sustainable. Yeah. And so, you know, I joked like I wanted JLo's booty by Friday or those abs by Friday or by my high school reunion. And when that didn't happen, I was like, oh, never mind. Instead of having the attitude that like, hey, we're built to move, I'm going to move to process emotion. I'm going to move for my mental health. I'm going to move because I feel so much better when I do and not put this Transactional relationship on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, first of all, like the short term stuff is really. it always backfires, like having a short term plan of I'm going to do this so I can get this short term gain, like you said, transactional, like it's just so short, short sighted. And it sounds like the way that you approach and like explain things is so much more about the long game and like how you want to live your life. Because I always say like your health and fitness stuff needs to fit into your life and not the other way around. And Mm -hmm. I also love how you're shifting the narrative. It's not like a weight loss plan, it's like a life gain plan. So can you explain why it's so important to be intentional around the way that we talk about this stuff, like Mm -hmm. how labeling things one way or another really is a game changer?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's such an important distinction because I like to say with the bear process, weight loss might be a byproduct mm-hmm. of it, but it's not the goal. The goal yes. is an ex- a life expansion. A- the goal is to be happy. The goal is to feel free. Um, and weight loss can be a natural byproduct of that. But when you make weight loss the goal, like body, you must shrink, what tends to happen for women is, or for anybody really, but especially women, we become fixated on documenting our meals and weighing our food and weighing ourselves and pinching our fat and measuring our fat. And all the time and energy that goes into that from an unhealthy place distracts us from our bigger goals in our lives. And so I like to say, you know, hey, let's focus on wage gap and not thigh gap, ladies, Mm -hmm. Um, because when we're so focused on, and I know you know from your, your own journey, which is such an amazing, I love looking at what you put on Instagram. Thank you. And how openly and vulnerably you share like, hey, Here I was in 2016, secretly miserable with this physique that I worked so hard to get. And here I am today, also banging. Thank you very much. (laughs) But (laughs) I'm happy. I'm happier. Yeah, And, And it's sort of helping women realize that if you become so fixated on this cultural ideal, you need to question also this moving shell game in the health, wellness, diet, beauty industry of what's A popular physique and what Mm. the standard, right? What the standard of
1: beauty is right now because it's going to
0: change and it's
1: always changing. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Like back in the day when I was in high school and I like first got on like Tumblr and Instagram and stuff, like, all the girls I looked at and looked up to had thigh gaps and like long legs and they were thin and like dainty and now like the trendy body type is more so like slim thick with a big butt and a tiny waist Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. super curvy and Mm -hmm. who knows what it's going to be next year like it's always changing and if we're always trying to chase you know like a different body ideal we're never going to be happy and we're never going to give ourselves permission to embrace what we're now Naturally given and like the moment I stopped trying to chase the quote-unquote ideal physique it was like I gave myself permission to just be happy where I was at and that didn't mean I was complacent or not taking care of myself it was just like I would stop chasing that like carrot dangling constantly five feet in front of me
0: absolutely
1: and I think like
0: I often think about and in my classes and webinars and on my podcast, I talk about like, you know, when my mom was in high school, Twiggy was the thing Mm -hmm. and then Marilyn Monroe, um, you know, and then Farrah Fawcett, right. And then Pamela Anderson. And it just keeps changing now. It's like you said, Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj. Um, And it's like you, we all as women have to decide that we're going to, we're going to move our bodies and eat and adorn ourselves, dress ourselves for our own gaze, for our own standard of beauty instead of this external thing.
1: Mm, and, mm-hmm. and I'm
0: so much happier. My clients are so much happier like you when they finally get it, when they finally are like, you know what? Like, why? Why am I trying to match whatever's in fashion right now? I have this amazing body. Let me just rock what I got.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So with like, obviously social media is a part of all of our lives now. And there's always like, you know, whatever the in body type is everywhere that you look like you can go see Kim Kardashian or any of the fitness models or any of the fashion models, like every body type that's idealized is easily accessible within like five seconds on social media. So how can women, you know, acknowledge that and acknowledge that that is just one ideal that someone decided on and how can they switch from that to doing it for their own self-love and for their own gaze like you said
0: Well, what's interesting is that usually when I start talking about this with women, it's the first time that they really have actually questioned where they got the idea that they should look differently than they do. So, you know what I mean? Like, so the first step is just waking up to and becoming aware of the messages that we're receiving. And yes, social media is a big place for compare and despair to run rampant. And Mm. my daughter, who's 18 now, when she was in the fourth grade, she was 10 in the fourth grade. She came home from school and she said, hey, mom, she had already heard enough out of me up to this point about not being anti-diet and love the skin you're in and um, take exceptional care of yourself. And she came home and she said, hey, mom, every girl at the cafeteria table today. So these are nine and 10 year old girls. Yeah, um, they all made a pact to not eat their lunch and go on a diet together. Oh, my gosh. And she said, that's messed up, right? (laughs) I was (laughs) like, yeah, that's messed up. And so she and I have always talked very openly about this. And one of the things she's been very open in sharing with me is that she noticed on Instagram, for example, that she really needed to do what I talk about, which is curate your news feeds to reflect all different kinds of ages, body types, shapes and sizes Mm -hmm. so that you're not brainwashed into thinking that you've got to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's like one easy thing that everybody listening here today, like go scroll through your Instagram or your Facebook feed and just pay attention to what's coming at you and decide for yourself, like, does this lift me up or does this make me feel compare and despair less than? And let me curate a news feed that feels good to me, but also pay attention to my own thinking about this. And can I look at something and be inspired by it without feeling gross about it Mm -hmm. and just be gentle with yourself about it but but just knowing that like magazines tv shows billboards uh anything you see online this is a hundred billion dollar industry wanting to take your money right so like that's why it's a moving shell game yeah Right. You know, so it's like just waking up to that and being like, hmm, you know, is this set up in a way that feels supportive and inspiring to me? Or does this feel unmotivating and gross? And do I feel like I'm, I'm striving for something and why?
1: Yeah, I think I feel like diet culture is like a like a carnival game where Mm -hmm. it looks like it should be achievable, but somehow it's just like always rigged against you. Mm -hmm. And it's always just like one step ahead of you. And so I think definitely waking up to that is like a huge step in the right direction. And what you said about Instagram, um, like in diversifying what kind of content and like bodies you're consuming is mm-hmm. so important. Cause I know for me personally, when I was really in the fitness competitor world, like those are the only people I followed. That was the only content I consumed and my perception of mm-hmm. what was normal and what was like a lean body what was a healthy body all like that was so warped because I had no perception of like where the spectrum was even at like Mm. it's so Mm -hmm. important to expose yourself to a variety of bodies and colors and ages and shapes and sizes like all the things because Mm -hmm. we otherwise totally lose perspective of like where the spectrum is even at
0: Such a good point. Exactly. And so you really have to, you know, like when you look at things like, I can't remember the name of the model, but Victoria's Secret, um, I think it was Victoria's Secret just like announced their first plus size model. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And when you look at her, she is a thin fit woman. Yeah, Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so if young girls are looking at that and saying like, oh, that's plus size, it becomes like what you're saying, like it becomes so skewed mm-hmm. that I have to be, you know, heroin chic. And And, you know, if you're a naturally thin woman with thigh gap, that's great. If you're a naturally curvy girl and that's what you think the ideal is then you know you're setting yourself up so it's like have make sure that you're paying attention to what you're consuming
1: Let's take a quick break. Isn't this episode absolutely amazing? I promise I'll get you right back to it. But first, let's talk skincare. Of course, self-care goes far beyond face masks and bubble baths. I think Susan would agree. But who doesn't love a good face mask, honestly? Like, we all we all love a good face mask and my current favorite is the exfoliating treatment mask from Tula which has bentonite clay for gentle exfoliation and blueberry extract to hydrate and improve skin tone I bet you didn't know your blueberries could do that and I personally have dry and sensitive skin so exfoliating masks can be real hit or miss and this one is a definite hit I don't feel dry or over exfoliated at all just a nice healthy glow and improved texture and I've also forced my boyfriend who has oily skin to use it and he was like taken aback from how great his skin looked after so truly it is for everyone even the guys in your life and I love their entire line of products so much that I have literally exclusively exclusively been using Tula stuff since the beginning of 2018 and I swear by this brand and really what's so special is that Tula uses probiotics as the foundation for all of their products and probiotics have been proven to help promote the look of skin's natural balance blocking in moisture to leave your complexion more hydrated and reducing the appearance of inflammation so not only are there mean clinically proven high quality ingredients that nourish your skin and are cruelty free so you do not have to sacrifice efficacy in order to get products that you feel great about using you guys. You know that I'm super freaking picky about what goes in and on my body. So I'm very grateful to have found products that work and have great ingredients. And if you want to learn more about Tula, I feel like I just talked them up so much, but if you're curious to learn even more, you can head over to tula.com. They also have this amazing, I think it's super fun, skin quiz on their website. So head on over, take the skin quiz, browse, our products and if you end up grabbing anything you can use code marie m-a-r-i-e to save 20% on your entire order again that's t-u-l-a tula.com and the 20% off code is marie now let's get back to the episode and hear more from susan Mm -hmm. yeah that is so so key and like also make sure that you're consuming like other things, you know, like world news and like talking to your friends and doing stuff other than just like scrolling and looking at hashtag body goals on Instagram. Like there's so much more to life. And once I left that like fitness competition bubble, I was like, wow, that was such a small corner of the internet. And there's so much other great stuff out there that I was totally not even aware of because my blinders were on and I was Mm -hmm. stuck in this bubble and It kind of goes back to what you said about like when we stop obsessing about our bodies, we're opened up to this whole other world where we can stop worrying about our thigh gaps or worrying about the wage gap and like dedicate some of our bandwidth to stuff that's quite frankly more important. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So what do women typically, when you work with them and in your own personal journey, once they wake up to this, what kind of changes happen in their lives like tangibly? Oh, my gosh. So first of all,
0: almost 100% of my clients who go through the bare process remark that they have so much energy, more energy. They feel like they've become a time creator. So one of the biggest complaints everybody has is there's not enough time to get everything done I want to get done. And they're like, oh, my God. And it's because all that time and space and energy that was occupying their lives uh, you know, trying to over effort and, you know, deprive themselves, they now can devote to things that really matter. Um, so they they report more energy and more time. They report um, more power. So standing up for themselves, advocating for themselves, going for the raise, you know, asking for what they want, asking mm-hmm. out, asking someone out for a date or, you know, it's just like, when you're stuck in this mindset that you've got to spend your time and energy striving for something and feeling so less than and miserable, like you and I both were, um, when that is removed, then all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, I have this capacity now to really go for it. And so it's like, more time, more energy, more money, more power, um, book deals, pregnancies, like all kinds of things can happen for a woman when she takes her power back.
1: Mm, yeah. I once, I don't remember if it was like a famous quote or just a thought that I saw somewhere, but basically it was like the diet industry was created to keep women small and quiet.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Obedience for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we only have so many like Fs to give every single day, you know? And if you're giving away half of them to eating less, working out more, like forcing your body into a specific mold, what's like left over? You know, you just have scraps left for your career and your family and your friends and your social life and like any like activism that you care about. Like you you only have so many Fs to give.
0: Right, right. And it's like, do I really wanna give it over to this you know, striving for this cultural ideal, you really have to question why. And you mm-hmm. really have to question like, what what do I think this different body is going to give me? And usually what mm. women say is, um, well, I'll feel sexy or I'll feel confident and I'll feel free. And it's like, okay, well, let's go ahead and figure out how to feel that way anyway. Right. And then let your body catch up in whatever way it wants to. We're going to start loving it now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like the, what is it called? Destination happiness where you're like, I'll feel confident when, or I'll be happy when, but it's actually the inverse. Like you have to start working on feeling that way now because it's not like this prize that you win at a finish line that's like handed to you at the end. Like it's a medal. Like you have to build that prize quote unquote during the entire race. Like it's part of the process. It's not the end goal.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And I always say to like, if you're fueling that process of like losing weight or getting toned or whatever it is from a negative place, how can you expect a positive outcome? Like negative plus negative does not equal positive. <laughs> oh, right? right. And so right. we're motivating ourselves from a negative place and from self hate and all of that stuff. Like it's, it's not gonna, it's not gonna end well, or at least yeah. it never did for me. It's not going to pan out, boo. And,
0: And the other thing, the opposite is true. So if you just decide to start operating from a place of love... You're like, think about what you're able to accomplish by hating on yourself. Mm -hmm. What if if you actually learned how to love yourself and how you're showing up right now? What is possible for your life?
1: Mm -hmm. You know,
0: everybody, women are so afraid. And and of course they are, because we're brainwashed and lied to and told that we have to do these things because our value comes from our appearance. But if we decide that's not true and we're valuable, no matter what, it's our birthright to feel amazing. And we start operating from that place. The sky's the limit. Sky's the yeah. limit. There is no, I mean, the, the whole sky opens up for you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you're doing stuff from a place of love and when you have more bandwidth because you're not so concerned about your diet and shrinking your body, um, you have so much more ability to like have everything that you want. Right. Like I know one of your captions recently, since we're quoting each other's captions is like, you can be super successful in your business and take care of yourself. You can run your shit and binge your favorite TV show. You can support your family and like care for yourself. Like you can mm-hmm. do all of the things, but you can't do all of the things if you're not like supporting that and doing all the things from the right like intention.
0: Right. Exactly. And I think that that's, I think that that's what's interesting too in this space is that we are, we are walking miracles and we're capable of lots of things. And so people will say to me, okay, so bear's not a weight loss program. It's a a life gain program. So, but what if I really want to lose some weight? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, listen, it, it, it's possible. Like I love my husband and I love our marriage and there are some things I might want to work on with it. Right. You know, I can love the skin I'm in and decide that all those little Debbies added up to some extra weight on me and it's okay to not want it there. Right. right? But we're not going to punish and berate ourselves, um, in that process. And so it's like, it's not an either or thing. It's an and.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. And so when we discover that, when we're like, Oh crap, like I haven't been treating myself very well. I'm not really proud of like how I'm looking. I'm Mm -hmm. not really proud about how my actions are like reflected in my physical body. How Mm -hmm. can women get out of like, like what's the first domino effect step that women can take to get out of that cycle of like self-hate and trying to use that as motivation and Mm -hmm. shift them into like an upward spiral of like self-love instead?
0: Okay. So here's the thing is that there's a couple of different things. One of the things that I is the foundation of all the coaching that I do is your mindset. And so absolutely everyone, if you're not already practicing this, start eavesdropping on yourself and notice what you're telling yourself. Is it happy time? Is it mean girl talk? Like what is it? Yeah. And and mo- honestly, I felt like I had solved my exhaustion problem when I first learned how to do thought work. When I first learned like, oh, what I'm thinking might not be true, especially if it feels bad when I think it, Mm -hmm. Um, right? So eavesdrop on yourself and make notes of what I call the repeat offenders. So what are the thoughts you catch yourself thinking over and over and over again that are mean girl-ish? Yeah. Um, And then the next step is like clapping back at her and (laughs) coming up with creative things that you can say to yourself that make you feel better or at least make you feel less bad. So in the beginning, you might feel a little overwhelmed, like, oh my God, I started eavesdropping on myself and I'm telling myself things that I wouldn't say out loud to my worst enemy. So no wonder. And and also uh oh now I'm like really overwhelmed by all this mean girl stuff. It's like okay, and judging yourself for being so mean to yourself like right, all, yeah. Right. Like and then it becomes this downward spiral. So first of all, compassion and just know that that's just how the brain works until we retrain it. Mm. So the the brain's going to issue negative impulses because that's, you know, it's designed to try to keep us safe, like fight or flight stuff. So your mean girl really is coming from a place of fear Mm. and also protection, trying to keep you safe. But we're no longer like running from lions and tigers and bears. We're uh, scrolling Instagram and freaking out because we have dimples on our butt. Okay. Right. (laughs) So just pay attention to whatever you're saying and then decide I'm going to say something back. Like, you know what? I'm learning how to become a woman who takes exceptional care of herself. I'm learning how to become a woman who doesn't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, so there's some bridge thoughts you can use, like I'm open to learning or I'm learning how to or I'm open to receive And then fill in the blank that you can believe a little more readily than like, I'm amazing, Um, which hopefully you'll get to. But in the beginning, it's like, you know what? I'm learning how to do things differently and I'm just going to walk through this and do the best I can. Mm. And that's all anyone could ask.
1: Yeah. I also love the word yet as like an Mm. addition because you can be like, I'm not confident can turn into I'm not as confident as I want to be Yet and that like instead mm. of having that be I'm not confident period end of sentence, you have now opened the door and acknowledged the possibility of being that and like giving yourself permission to pursue it instead of just saying, I'm not confident, that's it, like I'm trapped here because I mean if you believe that you're trapped and you're stuck, then it's game over.
0: Exactly. I love yet also. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that whole process of like rewiring your thoughts and starting to be kinder to yourself and like coming from a place of love instead of lack is like such a process. And I think Mm -hmm. that it can be pretty discouraging because – Let's be real. If you've been running that like software in the background for your whole life and then all of a sudden you're aware of it and you try to reprogram yourself, it's going to take more than a day. So are there any like rituals or habits or processes that you recommend to people to keep that like a regular practice?
0: Oh, absolutely. So there's some little things that everybody can do. And one of them is really the first step of the bear process is something I call environmental detox, Mm. where you're going to be an investigative reporter of your life. And you're going to go through, we already mentioned social media news feeds, but you're going to go through your day for the next say week, and you're going to evaluate what you're tolerating. So you're going to evaluate conversations. You're going to evaluate what's coming at you through all your senses, not just your taste buds. So what are you watching? What are you viewing? What are you listening to? Music, all those things. And you may be like, wow, I didn't realize how often I'm tolerating, you know, Susan in the cubicle next to me ranting about her diet (laughs) or her husband, you know, and oh, wow. Like, why am I letting the kids choose the music in the car? Or, like, holy crap, why am I watching Special Victims Unit right before bed? Yeah. Or, oh my God. You know, like, there's like all kinds of things that women tolerate just because we're on default mode. So it's like, mm-hmm. I want everybody to be like a detective in their own lives and then start making some changes where you bag some things. You're like, okay, that's easy to eliminate. I'm no longer going to have the news on while I'm cooking dinner because it stresses me out, yeah. whatever it might be. Right. Um, and then there may be some things where you have to institute some boundaries. So like, you know what, Susan in the cubicle next to me, I'm going to start changing the conversation intentionally or not having as many conversations with you or putting my earbuds in while I work because I don't want to hear your stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you may discover that there's some friendships that need to change or some hard conversations you have to have. But when you start to do those things what happens is you free up some more time and energy to start doing the other steps of the process Mm -hmm. where you're like, okay, instead of swinging through Taco Bell, I'm actually going to make dinner tonight or I'm going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to date my inner athlete and I'm going to move with love and I'm going to, you know, take my friend kayaking instead of just,
1: you know, going to boot camp at the gym today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And with that, like, It also is such a game changer because what you put in dictates what you get out. And it also makes that whole like self-talk shift so much easier when you're not trying to fight an uphill battle against all this negativity that's constantly like getting into your brain. Like your starting point is a lot more fair and helpful if you're able to detox your environment and all of the stimulus that you're getting in first. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. I love that. And then as far as, because I know you're huge about like self-care and good habits. Mm -hmm. um, What are some ways that we can de-stress at the end of the day? Because I know- For a lot of my clients, and this used to be a big thing for me too, is like I would always turn to food at the end of the day or like for an afternoon pick me up anytime I was really stressed, really Mm -hmm. tired. Like how can we de-stress during those types of situations without relying on like food or alcohol or a Netflix Mm -hmm. binge or just, you know, Mm -hmm. any way to numb out that will clog up our mind and drain our energy? How do we do that in a more constructive way?
0: You know what's interesting is I was always that person, um, and when I started really eating attentively and fueling my body earlier in the day instead of trying to not eat as long as possible, mm, yeah, a lot of a lot of the afternoon and evening eating subsided, but not all of it. And so, if you find yourself stressed out from your work day or, you know, bored or what, lonely, whatever it might be in the afternoons or evenings. Some of the things that are important is what we talked about earlier, which is pleasure, diversifying your pleasure and having, which we can provide in the, in the show notes. I have uh, like eBooks and PDF downloads that give people little quick ideas of things to do instead of eat for pleasure and Mm, for self care. Like, you know, like go for a walk, call a friend, you know, read a book, all kinds of things and having things to look forward to. But also primarily when you have the urge, you know that you've fed yourself well, you know, you're not hungry. Um, I am definitely not someone that says deprive yourself. So if you want to have a pleasure, eat, have a pleasure, eat. But if you know you're doing it, from a place of stress and not from a healthy place, then to ask yourself, what do you most crave? And that's where it's like, do I crave comfort, physical touch? What do I need right now that I'm trying to use food to give me? Mm -hmm. And that can help. But also like, what am I thinking and feeling right now. So for me, I was shocked that it was really just mostly boredom. Yeah. I'm like, wow, this is 35, 40 pounds because I'm
1: bored. What?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so feeling your feelings, which we try to numb out by using food. So if you're stressed, why? Yeah. And take care of that instead of giving that job to food. Right. Like put your big girl
1: panties on and like face the thing head on.
0: But I will also say I am big on rituals. So having a morning ritual and an evening ritual. Mm -hmm. So this could be where like, if you start noticing like, yep, 445 every day, I go, you know, get some wine and cheese, um, then start creating different rituals for yourself to like make you feel like you're treating yourself, but not with food. Mm -hmm. So. You know, it could be I started I'm a I'm a hot tea addict. Um, And so I started getting like fancy teacups and having a whole ritual of having hot tea and reading a book. And that became like my new happy hour. Yeah. And like (laughs) that
1: feels still indulgent and like fun and cool. But it's not it's not like numbing out either. It's a intentional ritual, like you said, like it's all about making that stuff, a ritual instead of just like a monotonous daily task or something that you're doing just out of pure habit that you don't actually want. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much. And I think that this whole conversation has been so impactful in terms of just waking us up to like what's going on, what we have been programmed to do and believe and strive for and push for and what really matters and like how to kind of shift the narrative around all that stuff. And I know that in your book, Bear, you talk at length about all of these things and exactly how to kind of go through the process. So can you tell us more about Bear and like what people can expect from it when they pick up a copy? Yeah, thank
0: you so much. So I'm so proud of Bear because as you can imagine with diet culture, it was it was really a long haul to get an agent and then get a major publisher to get mm-hmm. behind something that wasn't, yes. good, you know, like they wanted uh, mo- everyone that I talked to until I landed on my agent and publisher Bimbella, everybody wanted a gimmick. They were like, yeah. Yeah, this sounds great. But could you have a chapter in there on sugar busters? Yeah. Um, You know, and so. what Can you put belly fat in the title? (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, Can can we still do before and after shots of the weight loss of your clients? And it's like, yeah, my clients lose weight, but that's not the point. And so what people can expect, honestly, is a surprise, like a fresh approach to Um, Mm self-care. When I was trying to get a book deal, I kept saying, listen, this is the Beyonce of the diet industry like this is <laughs> this is not business as usual so yeah. they can expect fun they can expect uh humor and they can expect magical change in ways that their diet culture brainwashed mind cannot even imagine i i mm-hmm. am making some bold promises because i've seen <laughs> it and thousands of people
1: yeah that's incredible so where can they grab a copy and also where can they find you Thank you. So
0: all major booksellers have it, but also on Amazon. So it's Bear, bare B A R E. Um, and the website for all things, bare is let's get Um, That's they can
1: amazing.
0: find me of course on Instagram at Susan Hyatt, same for Facebook. And, um, I love connecting with readers. So yeah. ho- holla at me.
1: For sure. So holla at us, guys. But for sure, take a screenshot of this episode if you're on your phone. Post it up on your Instagram story. Tag Susan and I and let us know like what your biggest takeaway or breakthrough or nugget from this episode was. That's like my favorite thing. And I love to repost you guys. And I'm sure Susan would love to hear from you too. And tell her thank you for all this wisdom and time and just love that she poured into us today. So, Susan, we appreciate you so much. But before you go, there's one more question. Okay. And I ask everyone this one because this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. We ask, what is one thing that you are currently grinding toward and working really hard for? And what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? Okay, so I'm already working on bear
0: for um, girls. So oh, I'm, right. Yeah. So I'm I'm doing a preteen version of Bear and I'm really working hard on it. And my daughter's helping me. So I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, and then I'm super grateful for the ability to be a woman in this economy, creating mm-hmm. my own paycheck. Like the the internet is a worldwide. West, right? So it's like, you know, we're like pioneers out there creating our own paychecks and building these empires that our grandmothers could not have ever imagined. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm super grateful to live now and to be able to spread this message from my home office.
1: Love it. Yeah, same. I'm recording my podcast from my couch right now and it's just like the best (laughs) it's awesome yeah amazing well thank you again so much for pouring all this wisdom and love and just permission to like rock the heck out of our lives and stop focusing on just shrinking ourselves all the time we appreciate Mm -hmm. it so much and yeah definitely go pick up her book guys i'm definitely heading over to amazon like immediately after this so join me and we can have like a little bear book club (laughs) yay thank you yeah thanks susan we'll talk to you later all right Thank you guys so much for spending your time with me on the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm so happy that we were able to hang out and share some good vibes today. It would mean the absolute world to me if you could take one second to share this episode with someone who you think would love it and please leave the show or review on iTunes if you're enjoying it. Tell me what you think. Let me know what you want to hear more of. It would really help me out on my mission to educate and empower women to become their very best selves and create more content that you're going to love. Thank you again for listening and supporting the show. And until next time, don't forget to grind and be grateful, my friends.